Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money, that's my jam. What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match is my shirt. Is that sh my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. Everybody, it's Sunday night, it's corner to corner time, and we are live from c2cradioshow.com and and the very brand spanking new, fresh off the presses, Brian, new attitudemedia.com. Yes, it's looking sharp, sir. Let me just tell you, it's a damn beautiful website. I, 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 I you know. As we have, you know, evolved in our broadcasting careers, I must say, I have enjoyed the work on the websites. I really have. No, I mean, you do your best, right? I, I do. It's hard. Sometimes. So, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you do you you do have your hand on in a lot of little things there, so. Too many, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, because you know, I'm I'm not one for it. So I I would probably like screw everything up. Uh, the the hardest part is when you get random emails from Los Angeles, California, telling you something has changed. Oh no! Don't don't worry about that. The bad part is I'm sure that little jackass is listening. Oh, he! So, I know he does. I'm almost positive he does. Right now, he's oh, kind of scouring he the web. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, see how that works, uh, smart guy. Yeah, uh, we just rebrand and let roll on. We just keep it moving, is what we do yeah. here. We just keep yeah, it yeah, moving. Yeah. So, if you've uh, had a chance to scroll on through to c2cradioshow.com, hey, we got a chat room, so feel free to send your comments to us. And then, of course, you can always, always check out, like I said, newattitudemedia.com and uh, let us know. Let us know what you think. If you got comments, if you got opinions, we will definitely read them on the air. Um, and we'll, well, well, well no, let's, let's, let's not get crazy here. Oh, we won't, we won't guaranteed read them on the air, no matter what. Yeah, we're not, yeah, what if they're, what if they're, <laughs> Uh, you know, I think they should be screened first, and then if it's appropriate, we'll, 
we can read them on the air. Okay, uh, fine. Be- but only because Brian said so. If it's appropriate for reading on the air, we would yeah. share it with the rest of the group. I mean, because I mean, I mean, think about it. Think about it. It could be like uh, Stan sucks big donkey. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You, know you can't say and that on the radio. Stan's gonna be like, man, Stan sucks big, and then we'll be like, hey, well, what, what, what happened with the, you know, the, and then the with the thing and the people and the but, stuff. But but you can't guarantee a hundred percent readage. You know, you can't, you can't, we'll have to do what we can do. We'll have to, you know, carry on our wayward sons or, or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so no more guarantee. Right, right. No guarantees. No guarantees. This isn't the WWE or WCW. We don't do guaranteed contracts here. <laughs> I don't think they really do either. Yeah, no, do. They, they don't. They just... Yeah. They just putz about, you know, do their limbo merry dance. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, you know it's funny. You know it's so sad. You know, my myself, Sangro, Brian Taylor is with me. Uh, we are working to get Rob on the line here as the triple threat works to bring you all the C two C goodness. You know, Brian, it's just so sad though. There's no, literally, no wrestling news to talk about. Nothing has happened the past two weeks. Oh my God, you're listen. It's been so quiet. Listen, 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 Linda. Pre-internet, <laughs> pre-internet, somebody could have bought that crap, but not today, not today. Everybody knows there's news. They're just tuning in to see what we're going to talk about, what news we're going to pick. And, and, you know, it's it's not like there's nothing to reach from. I mean, hey, Shaquille O'Neal. Draws 1.2 million uh, million viewers on AEW Dynamite. That's huge. What a number. What a what a what a demigod he is. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually like ridiculous. I mean, when you think about it, it's it's Shaquille O'Neal is retired NBA Hall of Famer, of course. Very brief stints, brief runs in wrestling. I mean, he's been in WWE for a quick thing. Uh, AEW, uh, he's been there a few times. WCW, of course, back in the 90s. But he's never really been in the ring. With this past week with Dynamite, he actually was in a backstage segment with Brandy Rhodes. Brandy throws the water on him. And that was kind of it. To me, I didn't really find the segment to be anything really special. I probably would have liked to have seen Brandy and, uh, what's her name, Jade Cargill go back and forth again. That would have been more entertaining. But apparently 1.2 million people really found it to be entertaining. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't really catch much in the way of like, bam, here it is. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. I mean, I was just watching the show. I didn't get any, any I don't remember any like for forewarning mm-hmm. other than like he's on the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... I'm just curious if I might have missed a couple of tweets like, oh, in the next segment, Shaquille and you. Well, you know, and I was curious because I honestly, I since Wednesday, I didn't watch the show back. I, I don't usually get a chance to watch it more than once. I haven't been able to figure out like what happened just before, or just after that segment. Like, was Sting supposed to come out right after, or was like Kenny Omega going to be on? You know what I mean? Was there a powerful lead-in or follow-up? that we just missed or was it just people just happened to turn the channel at that right magic time? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't know what I missed. Uh, I think it's great that you know, one point whatever million did turn in. Yes, but um, I'm just curious as to how they knew that particular segment. And oh, that's funny. So on Skype, when Rob joins in, it says, there he is. <laughs> the door opens, as you can hear, and we are joined. Indeed, the triple threat is, is complete. All three members of us. Rob Hefner is here. Rob, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you all? We're good. Wow, you sound so crisp and clear. Sounding good, sir. Oh, well, you know. It's that funny thing. Modern technology. It it sounds great, man. So, Rob, I was just telling Brian how much of a shame it is that there's no wrestling news that really happened this past week. Nothing big really happened. Oh, no, nothing. Nothing, nothing. No. There was this, this small show. You may have heard about it. It kind of got talked about. There was a little buzz. A show called Winter is Coming. I, I don't know. I thought it was a Game of Thrones thing, but apparently it was wrestling. I mean, you got this little thing AEW is doing. I mean, I kind of thought it was like tribute to the troops type thing. (laughs) AEW's tribute to the troops. um, Nice. But, yeah, I mean, there there was absolutely nothing to get excited about in the world of wrestling this week. I don't even understand why people are talking. People are upset. Talk about something else. Fans are complaining. They're like, you know, Vince has ruined wrestling. There's nothing good ever happening. All right, I, you know what? I, I gotta be honest. I wouldn't be fair. Wouldn't be prudent to keep this up. How is it always Vince's fault? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) isn't everything? (laughs) Like, Vince is like, finally something wasn't. You know why it's not his fault? Because it was actually a good idea. Got the Rona? Blame Vince. <laughs> uh, so, Brian, I mean, I, I think it would be apropos. Rob, I do think this is the right time. We should be discussing... Uh-oh. Somebody's getting ready to go on a high-speed chase. It's time to talk about it because, hey, it's been two weeks. We didn't get a whole ton of time to really go into it when it happens. So, hey, let's start with Winter is Coming. Let's start with what started it all. Good Lord. Sounds like Rob's on the road, maybe. On the road again. What happened? Well, you tell us. Yeah, we're we're hearing Rob live. It's like listening to to Lee Marshall from the old WCW Road Reports. I think his Bluetooth must have connected yeah. to the car or something. Yeah. Yeah, it did. That's all right. Well, it that that's a little better. That that that's audio we can work with. I'll make sure to. Up, update our our volume, but yeah, I mean, winter is coming, Brian. This is what set off the the wheels of just immense change that we're witnessing over the past week. Um, I want to make sure we set the stage properly. Winter is coming was designed as a basically like a a televised Clash of Champions style event, a big pay per view feel. And the headline, the main event was Kenny Omega challenging John Moxley for the AEW Championship. When we talked about it before the show aired, we really said that you know it was possible that they were moving in this direction before 
revolution simply because of how much time there was to go and perhaps Moxley was looking to uh, spend time at home with Renee. As we know, Renee has, Renee Young or Renee Paquette, Renee Moxley, has stated that she is, I don't know what her real last name is, I think it's, whatever, anyway, stated she's pregnant and her and John Moxley are expecting a child. Um, so we get to Winter is Coming and the setup for this matchup, the setup winter for... Winter is Coming. I, I really, Brian, Rob, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't really get a big night feel until probably the Cody Rhodes segment. Uh, what was the Cody Rhodes segment? That was... You talking the... about... Was Sting? Yes. Was Sting come out? Yeah. <clears throat> um, for the first time? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know that, like, uh, for me, even though even though the show has, like, a special name to it, mm-hmm. um... I don't think they really packed the first few matches to yeah. be like a big, because I don't think they wanted to probably take away from what was to come. True. Um, let's see. It was what? What was it? The tag team first, the Bucks, and so the first the first matchup of Winter is coming remember. was the the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Oh, the Battle Royal was first. Um, I mean. It was kind of, that wasn't a huge thing. Um, it did lead to what we would hope to see, which which would be a good match between MJF and Orange Cassidy as the uh, the final two survivors. I'm not a big fan of that concept, by the way. They're doing a battle royal where there's two winners, and at the end they're supposed to fight each other in a regular match. Just defend it. it just have the title up for grabs in the battle royal and be done with it. But That's kind of the old school, like, what is it? You know where they had the two rings in WCW, where they they battled, and you got eliminated out of one as a battle royal, and you got put in the other, and then the two winners of each had to fight each other. Just see that to me would have been fine if they had just did it in the same night. Like yeah. st- stretching it a week just seemed weird. A week long battle royal. <laughs> Kurt Hawkins is still in it. No. <laughs> uh, then we did see we had the uh, Young Bucks and they got jumped by TH2 what happened there I I don't know like so the, the match was announced for this past week and we'll talk a little bit about that but no I'm talking why, why'd you kick me huh what are you talking about yeah oh yeah I just got kicked from the call Wait, Actually, what? it had Rob's name on it. <gasps> How dare he? <laughs> it's all right. I'm driving around to pick up my son, so I'll probably get kicked from the call, too. So, Wow. Skype is our friend. This is live, folks. We're live, pal. <laughs> so, you know, it's got to be something. They're like, hey, he only gets on one show every six months. <laughs> and then when he does, he still gets kicked off. Uh, I mean, you know. We got to make sure all the big things happen here, right? You know, otherwise, nobody's talking about it. Um, are y'all doing video this week? No, no, we are not. Uh, we will be returning to video at some point. We do still plan to do so. Um, we do appreciate everybody I like that how gave you us. Get so like producer. Uh, you know, I try to keep everybody informed. Like your tone, your tone, your whole tone changed. You're like, 
no, no, but we will. We will. Oh, it will. <laughs> you know, you know what I think point. I'll do the next time we do video? What's that? I think I'll get like a picture of a wiener. Oh, Lord Jesus. And paint like eyes and a mouth on it <laughs> and just have it sit there. <laughs> um, I'm just going to randomly change the autograph pictures behind me as the show goes on. <laughs> Rob's video will be all like snippy and cutting in and out. So like one second we'll see an autograph over his left shoulder. The next it'll be on his head. <laughs> so when we're talking I'll about change my t shirt every time I get Poor poor Rob's could be like cause. it'll be impossible for Stan to splice together. Like, damn it, did I lose you? Should you you want to tell them that you lost the first part of that whole little... Yeah, I, I, I caught the second half of what you said, Rob. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> the wonders of modern technology, I tell you. The wonder, yeah. Modern technology. So, Brian, we were talking about the Battle Royal, how it was kind of an odd way to start the show because it was just... like The, the Battle Royal itself was just kind of eh, nothing really huge about it. It did lead us to a, a, getting a glance at what we would see this the following week, which was MJF and Orange Cassidy. Rob and I were both kind of commenting to the fact that it was just weird to see it stretched from here's your last two guys to the following week instead of just doing it right then and there. Mm, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, but I didn't think the Battle Royal was... To me, there's not really a lot of importance on that ring anyway. Yeah. Um, it's not like it really gets defended or, you know, it's, you know, the key to the castle, so to speak, to where you can get a title shot somewhere down the line. Uh, so it's just a nice big fat piece of metal. Yeah. And you could tell that this was an awkward thing for Justin Roberts because he really wasn't so great at announcing the name of the ring or the match. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like well, again, it was a little if, awkward. If you, yeah, if you only do it once a year. So. Right, right. So we had Jericho and Kazarian, which was actually not a bad match. Um, I, I think that what we're finding with Jericho is that, kind of what we already knew, he can work literally with anybody, any style. I honestly mm-hmm. think he could, at this stage of the game, he could probably still work Luchador style. Oh, I don't know about that. I, th- I think a really good one would probably blow blow him up. Well, I didn't say he never gets blown up because the guy is sucking wind half the time during most of his matches. Doesn't mean he's bad. I'm just saying, cardio-wise, people blow him up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if he could keep up with a, a luchador. Um, you did allude to the Young Bucks uh, getting confronted and attacked, uh, or, or the tag team scene, rather. Uh, the Bucks were announced to be facing TH2, but they actually got jumped by uh, TH2 as Max. I'm sorry, I'm reading this because I want to make sure I get the names right. Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, the acclaimed, did like a battle rap kind of thing on them. And that was entertaining by itself, but the whole uh, TH2 jumping them was like. You could tell that they were like, uh, "Come on, guys! You know this is the line. You're supposed to, you're supposed to do the attack thing. Come on!" Like the acclaim just kept looking, it kept glancing over to their left shoulder, 
And if you're the Young Bucks, how are you not smart enough to go, oh, there's someone coming from the left? <laughs> mm, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pay enough attention to see that. You were waiting um, to see Shaquille. I know. It's okay. No, because he wasn't supposed to be there that night. Ah. Uh, that's a good point. Ah, you're good. You that's a good your, point. That's a good point. <laughs> I can't argue with that. What do I do? I think you're getting your shows mixed up. Uh, <laughs> getting my weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It's just a segment. Again, I don't, I don't think anything that really occurred prior to Cody was meant to be anything more than just like something normal. Because yeah. I don't think they really wanted you to get too invested you know, well, in, in the show. And if Britt Baker and Layla Hirsch was uh, any indication, you're absolutely dead on. Because that match was the drizzling just garbage. Um, and that's not to say that neither tried. Of course they did. But just not good. Um, I, I will say this. And this is something that we've been saying pretty well since Britt Baker turned bad. Britt Baker as a heel is money. Yes. Yeah. Um, there, I don't think there's any doubt that as she continues to grow, she's AEW Women's Champion. Um, I don't know about soon, but down the road. Oh, yeah, and she'll get it and hold it for, for yeah. quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Probably their first solid heel female. I still don't know that Nyla Rose has solidified her role here. There yet. Uh, I think Nyla's going to flip for, before it's all said and done based off of uh, what the pay-per-view or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where Between she lost. Vicky. Yeah. 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 Plus, you have, uh, you know, Jade is now with Vicky, too. So, the time is almost right. Mm-hmm. I do. Oh, wow. And just Skype is, like I said, Skype is being crazy. Unreal. Let me get both gentlemen back on the line. Oh, here we go. <laughs> there he is. So, He's back. What the heck? Skype is kicking me out and t- asking me to fuck. Uh, oh. I'm Whoa, that's live. To, We're live. Pal. Uh, like grade the call. Do you give it a thumbs down and be like, no? <laughs> I'm about to. <laughs> we love Skype. We do. I don't. We I do. don't know what the hell the problem is. I don't know um, either. Could be just an issue on their end. Yeah. So if it happens again, I'll you know again. It's no problem me getting back on. But um, so anyway, yeah. But so I think the time's right for Nyla to turn. Yeah. Face. So. So, uh, pretty much all the way up to this point, nobody is really seeing anything outlandish or out of this world. Um, seems like just your ordinary average Dynamite, which, honestly, I wouldn't even say that because Dynamite typically is a pretty good show. The The Battle Royal on through Britt Baker's match, I just was like, I don't know, man. They're just not picking it up. They're just not doing it. But... Again, I... I go ahead. Man, they, they just have this weird way of... Like certain spots, mm-hmm. like I don't I don't want to say like meaning, but like hitting certain spots. Yeah. Like sometimes they they'll be they'll be good for the whole show. Other times, you know, it'll be a spot here and there. But I think Cody is next, right? Yeah. So again, I I just think that they weren't really, you know, whether whether the 
you know, the guys had it in their head. Well, there's no way we can compete with what's about to come mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I just I think they wanted you kind of kind of, you know, in that downslope. Right. So that when the, the lights went off and the little vignette kicked in, you'd perk right up and be like, whoa, what is this? Well, and that's exactly what happened. So, you know, the Battle Royal, like I said, I think the Battle Royal was, you do you couldn't put it anywhere else on this show but to start it off. So I was okay with that. I, I wasn't a big fan of the Battle Royal only because of the fact that it was so disjointed and so many guys were confused as to what to do. But once you get to Jericho and Kazarian, you're like, all right, cool. Now we're going to hit the gas. Now we're good to go. They slow back down for the Bucks piece and for the women's match. So then we get to Stokes. Starks, excuse me, Ricky Starks and and Will Hobbs, Stokes, I'm just all over the map today, against Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes, and all of a sudden we're like, okay, this is is something, this could be good. We get through the tag match, and it really wasn't, man, I don't want to be a jerk about this, it wasn't great, it wasn't an awful match, but it wasn't great, it was just an, an ordinary match, but it doesn't matter. Because everything that happens after this point is when Winter is Coming becomes like a holy shit kind of show. Because it's Brian Cage who hits the ring. And all of a sudden, Team Taz is all over the place, beating the crap out of Darby, beating the crap out of Cody. Dustin hits the ring. He gets beat down. And then the lights go out. And then the music plays. And, uh, hey, Mikey Ruckus with uh, AEW doing their music, this guy has some serious talent, like Jim Johnston-level talent. And I'm really confident that he's going to continue to turn out some great music. We finally get a chance to see a big... And I would say this this would be one of those major like television moments for former WCW, not WWE or WWF, WCW fans to tune back into wrestling and say, yes, this is what I want to watch. Because that's the feeling we got. Tony Schiavone loses his mind. Jim Ross is calling him the stinger. And out comes Sting with, like Brian described, a vignette that made everybody go like, what? What is this? And it was amazing. Yeah, so I I didn't... I think when I saw the second crow, yeah, because I I missed the first one, um, but there was one like right before the name pops up uh, that's just kind of like sitting there. Uh huh. It was like, holy shit, this is Sting. Right, right. And you know, again, if if the rest of the night had been what it could have been. Right. If they, because, if, you know, they normally are pretty good, especially on these named shows. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to just lay it all out there. Right. If this particular one had been like the others and they had just front loaded this, this show, I really could have seen the energy being taken out prior to this. But, Again, it's you're sitting there, the lights go out, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, okay, so this is this is Tony's surprise number two, right? All right, because Khan said he's got a lot of surprises in store, 
and you're like, okay. And then when it starts and the snow starts coming out and it's like, oh, okay. Now, now this is starting to make sense. Winter is coming, but who the hell's winter? I thought it was Glacier. I'm not going to lie. The music first started and I said, no, he didn't bring Glacier out. Because, I mean, you know, here's the snow coming down. You see, like, water, big ice sculptures. I'm like, wait, is this Glacier? And my wife looks at me and is like, who? And I'm like, no, don't worry about it. It's not anybody important. And then we were both just holy shit the whole way through as outcomes sting. Yeah. Uh, Again, once once the letters start stacking up and you know it spells out sting you know it wasn't um like make me jump off the couch make me scream or holler but again with all that going on and i would have loved to that would have been one spot i think during this whole covid thing that i would have loved to have seen in person oh definitely and, and been in an arena for um, cause I think it would, it would have been that much more. I probably would have jumped and, and just lost my voice in that particular one minute. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was shocking, uh, considering, you know, knowing Sting's WWE run. Um, but at that particular time though, other than him showing up, um, we really didn't have much to go on yet. Well, and that was the that was the thing. Like <laughs> at this point of dynamite, and you have to remember, dynamite is only two hours, and that two hours goes by fast. You really don't realize how fast it goes by until you get to the main event. So, to me, I didn't realize it was so close to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing I know, we've got a backstage segment with Sheeta. And now she's getting spooked by Abaddon, which, yes, Abaddon is absolutely creepy. Um, That is a great, like, fiend character, you know what I mean? Like a horror movie kind of character that should scare you. And it does. It's it's creepy. So Now, now, wait. Yeah. Just for a second. For all of you out there that, you know, are talking about the women's division... And I'm sure the comment is, well, Abaddon doesn't deserve a title shot mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Well, let's go back and remember, in the old days, not Ric Flair didn't have feuds with top stars all the time. Right. Flair had a feud with Sam Houston oh, wow. at one time that was really, like, good. Just because Abaddon may not be, like, a true number one contender, that doesn't mean that she shouldn't have her chance to shine right. with the champ in a, in a what could possibly be a very interesting storyline by the time this plays out. And one thing I would point out is that Abaddon is extremely talented. And, yes. you know, you're seeing... Some of these people that these the fans are seeing right now have been performing on the indies and overseas in a way that is unheard of. Now, because of COVID, the televised product gets so much more attention. And I think this is one of the things that AEW has really benefited from 
your televised product right now is WWE or AEW. Impact's TV presence is pretty minimal. And we'll talk more about Impact here later tonight because there's definitely a lot to cover. But Ring of Honor's TV presence is minimal. You know, you've got AEW and WWE. So AEW has done the best of maximizing minutes and maximizing their exposure with a very less is more approach. And, I mean, at some points... Brian, you've seen it. Myself and and Sonny Chase were like, God, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? But the reality is, when something big happens, like Sting, like Abaddon in her presence, it's like, dude, it it is energizing. And everything that happened before could almost be absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, and Skype is just absolutely destroying me. I'm going to ask that you just uh, bear with us here on the noise. This is the wonders of live audio. Are you there? Yeah, here we are. Uh, I'll call you next time. Don't, Got it. Um, Got it. Yeah, because I was on the process to call you back, and then you called me. I was like, what is this little hoe one? <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, it's Uh-oh. Stan. Let me answer Bri- that. One of Brian's hoes is called. Yeah, so, I, I mean, you know, again, you know, I don't want people to forget that, you know, just because, you know, she's not the number one contender, that doesn't mean, you know, that she shouldn't get a storyline. No, no. And and the and fact is... she's, what, number five now? Yeah. She's moving up the rankings. And frankly, a character like this, this is where AEW can embrace the entertainment aspect and do just fine. Mm-hmm. Abaddon... As a contender, yeah, I get it. I understand. Rankings should matter. I get it. I, I get tired of the fans that say that. But here's the thing. When you have a character that appeals on both sides of the fence, why not capitalize? Why not make her an out-of-nowhere contender? Because now it's like, who is this person? The intrigue level is there. You have more reason to watch her when she's working her way to the belt. If she indeed wins it, which could be cool, depending on how it's done, you have a reason to be like, what is this person all about? And one of the mm-hmm. big complaints from fans has been, who are these women and why aren't we seeing more of them? Well, how else do you create more attention? Yeah, I, I think the other problem, too, is a, a lot of these fans don't either don't realize or don't watch what AEW does on Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um. Because again, you know, I don't, I don't know how many times it's got to be explained to people, you know. So AEW's week kicks off Monday, Monday. at noon, yeah, yeah, and then it carries over into dark, and mm-hmm. there are things that happen on dark that carry over into Wednesday because again, they only have two hours, which right. is kind of refreshing because you know sometimes three hours is an eternity, is, right? <laughs> So they have, they have interviews, they have video segments, they have, you know, like little shows, all this stuff is done Monday and Tuesday so that they can concentrate on what people want to watch Mm -hmm. on Wednesday. So for, you know, for those that are, you know, don't know where some of this talent comes from, well, go turn on YouTube Tuesday. You might enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Ricky Starks, uh, um, Spears is another one that's just been tearing it up on Tuesday. 
Oh, yeah. Um, some of these matches you have, you know, are, are pay-per-view quality matches. And you get them for free on mm-hmm. Tuesday. So, watch it. Watch the whole week, you know. It's a little bit different for the WWE because they're two separate brands. Right. Or three separate brands. Uh, I'm sorry, three separate brands. But for AEW, their show starts Monday, carries to, into Tuesday, and then Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think that, and while I understand where some fans are coming from, because in all honesty, the women's division has been challenging for AEW, but not because I, they're not trying. I just think that there's just been some hit and miss moments. Yeah, but so you, you, well, I won't, I won't, I don't think it's been hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it's as strong as Impact's. I think Impact has a true, a very strong women's division oh i agree with you there i think i think they've really hit hit money with theirs and i i I would venture to say impact probably has the strongest Mm -hmm. women's division now that that does mean pound for pound that their stars are better than anybody else's right i think you know just the way they put it together is probably the strongest out of any of the national U.S. brands. Well, and I think that when I say that there's room for improvement or they've had their issues with the women's division AEW, when I'm looking at it through is the perspective of, one, the matches that we've had have been good. We have reason to believe, we have evidence that, you know, that AEW's women's division is top-notch. The problem is they're not getting any more TV time than one slot. But that gets yeah. helped when you have a person like Abaddon, which is another reason to watch. But again, though, what what did I just tell you? Mm-hmm. They have like three or four matches a lot of times on a Tuesday. True. Right? Sometimes it's almost like a, a women's show. There's so many matches. Right. But again, if you, the consumer, mm-hmm. don't turn in on Tuesday, Right. And all you get to see, you know, is one, maybe two matches on Wednesday, right? And you and you and you complain about it, right? Well, you you don't really have an argument because I I think last Tuesday there might have been four of them. The Tuesday before there might have been five of them. I mean, they put there's so many on a Tuesday night that, um, you know, I I really don't. Because that's a big argument, right? The women's division. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It, you know, it's no good, whatever, whatever. But again, these are people that don't watch Dynamite. Now, again, I'm not, I mean, Tuesday night, Tuesday, not Dynamite, right. but Tuesday. Yeah. So, but again, I'm not saying it's a strong division, right? I, I think it got weakened quite a bit with COVID. Oh, definitely. Right? I mean, you lost uh, Riho. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susumi Sasaki, I think yep. then I pronounced that right. I mean, she was on the verge of like starting to to push up. You know what I'm saying? Right. She she was starting to go. She was that rocket was trapped on her back. Well, plus you had you had injuries too with Statlander getting hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, and when Statlander got hurt, she was she was pushing towards the title shot 
you know, we had certain things in the works that just never panned out. Ty Conti, for example, was released from NXT and only had a 30-day non-compete. She started a month after the non-compete expired. For what reason, we don't know. We don't know if maybe there was a COVID thing or what. So there's a lot of different things that did play into it. And to your point, Brian, with Dark, I mean, the whole storyline with Anna Jay and Ty Conti has really unfolded in Dark before mm-hmm. Dynamite even got to the point. Right. And and again, there, there's, there's other storylines. I, yeah. I think Nyla Rose and... And uh, Vicky, or, and maybe um, maybe somebody else just had a match, you know. So it, you know, it's not like that they they're saving the top mm-hmm. talent for Wednesday and everybody else is Tuesday. No, some of these people are actually wrestling on Tuesday. And listen, and as far as like Anna J, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't get behind uh, her. Then I don't, I don't I don't know I don't know what more you're looking for. Yeah, I mean you've got her, you got Eva Lee, you got Big Swole, you got Diamante, you've got honestly the women's division for AEW in a perfect world would be the top in the world. You know, yeah, I mean I, really really if we were in a normal setting, I really do think it would be the top one. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not trying to be Homer here, right? So, because I've already said that I think Impact has the best uh, women's division, right? Right. Um, I, I I would put AEW and WWE probably neck and neck because for all the mistakes AEW does with the women's division, the WWE does the same. Well, and the, um, in the and if you need an example of that, watch the women's war games from two weeks ago, uh, no, one week ago, and you'll be completely like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, again, here's, here's, you got Carmella, who's been gone for a while, now jumps to the front of the line, mm-hmm. and, you know, in a feud with Sasha Banks. Well, and, and um, you ha- and the, to that extent, you don't have any reason to look past the other talents that are there before Carmella comes back. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they're, again, the WWE's biggest female draws aren't even on the board. Right. Right. Becky's out. Um, she just gave birth. Congratulations to her and Seth. Charlotte is out. Uh, although yeah. rumor has it, she's coming back soon. Um, Bailey, you just, you turned one of your most popular females. Mm-hmm. Which was, even though it did run its course, you turn her again because that's going to be kind of miserable. Um, you've got, gosh, why do I feel like I'm drawing blanks? You've buried Lana. You had an opportunity mm-hmm. there. You buried yes. that. Oh um, my God! You could, you again. You talk about putting a rocket ship on somebody's back. Yeah. If you had let her pin the entire other team. Mm-hmm. You know, just just fall into these pinfalls. Yep, just weasel her way through it. Yeah. Yep, and that's all. She, she didn't have to put on the first move. Mm-hmm. You know, and the last one you could have had. Um, uh, what's her name? Knock her out, and then when she falls back, she lands on whoever it um, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bel Air, and gets the pin. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, um, 
I, I can't believe I'm drawing Blake over. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, uh, Shayna and Nia don't need yeah, that's titles Nia. to do what they do. Yeah. And, I, and, I mean, literally, you could have. You could have just had Nia like knock her out, mm-hmm. and then before Nia realizes it, the ref counts three, and Nia is just standing on the outside of the ring, like, "What did I do?" Right, right, exactly. And, and of course, that whole chase, because I mean, Oscar right now. While I don't, I like Oscar a lot. I wouldn't necessarily want to see her lose the title, but it would have made sense to me if. And I don't like that I'm going to say this. That if Nia had beaten her and Lana beat Nia, I'd have been like, that's a David and Goliath story. You just did a 24 episode on her, which was a good good episode, but you completely dropped the ball. You completely whiffed when you made her yeah. the sole survivor by double count out. What? Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, so like. I, you know, all the stuff on Facebook, you know, when she would go through the table and the next thing you know, her husband is, yeah, you know, getting involved tweeting and mm-hmm. here's Vince McMahon with the wiffle ball and the wiffle ball bat and he's in the backyard and he's throwing up the wiffle ball and he keeps whiffing the thing. Swing him in. Swing him in. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, he strikes himself out just pitching it up in the air, mm-hmm. you know, that was a made for moment to to, to push her. Right. right. And, and at least for six months, you could have made her so over. It's mm-hmm. not funny. But again, what do they do? Uh, uh, we're just not going to try. Let's. At, uh, this is a case of them just not reading the temperature of the room. I mean, if it, that's really what they're doing. They're just not paying attention to the audience. They're not taking the, the barometer of the temperature of the room. Yeah. And and for that reason, though, you know, again, I, I think the WWE, for the most part, probably has the strongest mm-hmm. female talent. But because they can't, A, put it together story-wise, and B, can't get out of their own way, mm-hmm. and C, should probably have sent another person to uh, back down to develop developmental easy for you to say Keith Lee (laughs) right then Keith Lee yeah um they're 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 it's clear they just they just have no clue what they're doing and that's why they're I think they're on par with AEW and that's why Impact I think has the strongest yeah this is a situation you know with with WWE right now WWE claims to be the top promotion, and and I'm not necessarily anti-WWE. However, you can't make that kind of claim and then consistently miss every softball that's thrown to you. Because frankly, Lana lucks her way into being over, okay? Mm -hmm. We, We know this. We recognize it pretty easily. You have an opportunity here. It's not like she has to stay champion for long. You do it. Make your money. Make hay while the sun is shining, as the old saying goes. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got opportunity with Rhea Ripley and having a big moment at Mania. Let's go backwards to go forwards here. And having her beat Charlotte. Rhea Ripley needs that moment. Charlotte does not. Right. Ripley doesn't win. So now Charlotte's in charge at the top of the NXT mountain. Now you look like an idiot. So then what do you yeah. do? Io Shirai wins the title. Cool. I like Io Shirai. 
So now what happens? Well, now Io Shirai's challenger list is minimal because you're sticking with just Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai. Because you can't see past and see other people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. You know, every time that you make the statement that you're the top, you consistently kick yourself in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's how it feels to me. You just It's like you literally just kick yourself in the nuts. <laughs> All right, so back to, right. Back to winter is coming. Winter is coming, or I guess we should say winter is coming. Here's, here's, winter is past. Right, winter is gone. It's gone. Winter's done. Winter, winter's done. We're in spring now. <laughs> Whoa, it is. I wish. It is Virginia. I mean, it winter's was a little still, warm today. <laughs> yeah, winter's still coming. <laughs> so, John Moxley and Kenny Omega. Um, to be fair, let's call this match what it was. It was not a New Japan-style matchup, okay? Mm-hmm. That does not mean that this was a bad match, because it actually was quite good. Um, and then we start to see more of the plan unfolding that has been talked about all week long. And then finally, the reason I texted Brian said, Oh my God, because Kenny Omega has Don Callis calling commentary for his title shot. And you're like, Oh, okay. This is okay. We've already been kind of warmed up to this, that Callis is his friend. Mm-hmm. There's seen the, it a couple times. Yep. There's the gentleman's agreement where you're like, eh, okay, that's dumb, but all right, fine. Moxley is not obeying it. So I'm like, okay, well, so to me, the screw job that they're calling it isn't a screw job. Yeah, but so the gentleman's agreement is not so much for him not to break the rules. It's for him not to pull out the bag of thumbtacks to break the rules. Was that you the only like major part? Yeah, the gentleman agreement is for him not to go hardcore. Okay. Right? Because, you know, for him not to, like, use the tables, use a chair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it, was, it was more of, hey, we're going to have a, we're just going to have a wrestling match. Right? Mm-hmm. So if Moxley pokes Kenny in the eye, okay, uh, no big deal. But if, if Moxley grabs a chair and elbow smashes him from the top rope mm-hmm. and, you know, splits his head open, well, you're not being very gentlemanlike. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It was more to keep, it was more to like corral Moxley into, oh, I can wrestle. You know, I, I, I can do more than hardcore. Sure, I can. Right, right. You and, know, again, a gentleman's agreement. And the thing is, like, leading up to this, seeing the, uh, seeing the, the lead up to this matchup, you're like, okay. And then Mox is like, he beats him up and he says all that. And you kind of get the feeling that it's going to be a good, solid match. But you did get the feeling that I was going to be on the level. You know, nothing really weird. Um, they fight all over the place. Uh, they're, they're outside, they're inside the ring. But again, to your point, Brian, not exactly an extreme rules matchup. Close. Yeah, not, Close, but yeah. not really. Yeah, not like you're used to seeing with Mox. Right. Especially after, what, the last two, uh, Kingston and... Uh, uh, Archer, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, they got a little bit more. I think both of those had blood. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. So, you know, again, I, that that's the gentleman's agreement. You know, we're going to settle this like men. And, you know, back in right. the day, men didn't split other other men's wigs. <laughs> in, the, in the sport of kings, we don't bleed. So, so there, there's the one point of view that I had where I'm like, I don't see the screw job part of it, right? And then there's the other side of it, where they go outside the ring. It's late in the matchup, and Mox has had enough. Mox is tired of it. He's already tried for the chair, says the heck with it, and throws it down. Doesn't beat Kenny here. Hits, hits the um, paradigm shift. Kenny kicks out at two. And now Mox is pissed. Takes him outside. Just says, you know what? Screw it. I'm going for it. Throws Kenny Omega into what I only assume is a speaker box. Mm-hmm. Or a heat. No, it was a heater. I'm sorry. Why it was, was it a space heater because it was so cold out. It was in the 40s as it happens in Florida during winter is coming. Um, so he does throw Omega into it. And Omega apparently gets a piece of metal or glass or wood in his eye. Like, thankfully, it didn't damage his eye, but he gets cut. Mm-hmm. That's when it starts to shift, and I'm like, okay, so this is where Kenny thinks that he's crossed the line. To me, yeah. I'm like, all right, that's fine. That makes sense. They get back in the ring. Now, all of a sudden, Don Callis is like, I got to go check on Kenny. All right, well, Callis comes down to check on his friend. Nothing really weird here. It, it actually took me a couple times watching the end of this matchup before I really started to understand how they laid it out as far as a screw job. All right, Callus is on the ropes, and he's he's kind of giving Moxley a piece of his mind. You know, he's, he's pointing the finger, leave him alone, that's my friend kind of thing. Moxley's just like, screw you, clocks him. Now, Callus, when he falls, and, and this is just, this was a work of art. I give him credit for it. When he falls, the mic drops out of his hand. And, and what he was doing with the mic I don't know. I guess he was trying to get Mox's attention. He just kept hitting it like he was trying to make it make a noise. Mm-hmm. So he tosses it in the ring as he falls down on the apron. And then Omega takes the styrofoam off of the, the, the little foam cover and then boom, right at Mox's head, right between the eyes. Even this, leading up to the one-winged angel, to me, I'm just like, <laughs> he's just getting even. Like, that was what I thought. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the pinfall and he sprints away with Callus there. I'm like, wait, what the hell? And then mm-hmm. you hear Shivani. Shivani with, you know, just this is Tony Shivani at his best. This is bullshit. Like, it's just pure emotion. It's, you know, and, and you're like, what the hell is going on? And Alex Marvez catches up to him and says, what is going on? Where are you going? What just happened here? Like, they're, they're freaking out. And Don Callis lays down the fateful comments of, you know what, me and Kenny will tell you all about it on Tuesday. And Marvez says, wait, Dynamite's on Wednesdays. We'll tell you on Tuesday at Impact. And the whole wrestling world gets flipped on its ear. Yes. I mean, wow. So I, I I like the match. Um, I don't I don't think it's as good as we're going to see yet out of these two. I agree. Right. So we still have the rubber match, if I remember right. Because uh, Mox won what last year, earlier this year. Kenny won this one. Mm-hmm. 
you know there's a rematch coming. I, I think they're going to lay it all on the line in this rematch. Right. Um, they supposedly did a really good job with Sting where they didn't tell anybody and it was really kept quiet mm-hmm. until it was showtime. As, right. You know, to quote Sting, right? Oh, I see what I, you did there. Well done. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, I almost think that once they passed Tony Khan, Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have had the line of wrestlers. No. And why was Tony smiling? I no, didn't I like that at it, all. I don't think he was smiling. I, I, I think if you go back and watch it in the context of what uh, Callis says on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, I think Callis says it. Supposedly Tony is yelling at him. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, again, it's a screw job, right? Mm-hmm. Tony does. Tony shouldn't know this is coming. Correct. Right. So that's why Tony hops up because he is in, you know, gorilla and they have to walk past him. Suppose I'm pretty sure Callis says it on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Tony is, is yelling at him, but of course you can't hear it. And it's a quick pass because at first I thought that he was like almost celebrating the, you know this too but then somewhere along the way uh you know callus says no he was yelling and you know then it kind of all made sense as far as what tony was doing now i didn't catch if he'd smiled at him or anything but i think it's one of those things where um you have to like not read too much into it mm-hmm. and you know if i was the owner and I realized what you were doing and you walk right past me, I'd be yelling too. Right. So the only, the only real thing I didn't like about this segment was the wrestlers that were lined up. I, I, I don't think they should have been there. Well, yeah. Cause that was just like, and, and it was awkward seeing them all there because like, what the, what the hell, what are they all doing there? Yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of when Jericho won the belt. And everybody, everybody's backstage. He's like, oh, I guess nobody really cares about Le Champion. <laughs> he just kept walking. But for for this moment, it was just like, uh, okay, I would have liked it better. I have to agree with you. I would have liked it better if maybe a trainer is like, hey, where are you going? Or maybe the Bucks. If you're going to have somebody there, somebody that matters, the Bucks are like trying to high five him, and he just runs off past him. You know, something mm-hmm. like that. I'd have been like, okay, now there's logic here. We get it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think though, if you if you put the bucks right, because even though we get past Tony, mm-hmm. right, you still have no clue what's going on. Right. right now, again, I have been calling for this. You have mentioned it, and we have discussed it at length mm-hmm. for a very long time. That two of these companies should get together, or three of these companies should get together mm-hmm. and do this. Right? right. Okay. Don helps him win. Doesn't mm-hmm. dawn on me. Right? It literally does not dawn on me that this is about to happen. They passed Tony. It doesn't dawn on me. Still, I'm dumbfounded. Really? Yes. Wow. Even all the way up where to get past Tony? 
I don't. It doesn't even click in my head. Wow. And again, how often have we talked about this, especially the last six months or so? I mean, it's been pretty much a weekly conversation. You're right. I don't even register what's happening until he says Tuesday. <laughs> okay. And on Tuesday, it's like, holy shit, here we go. This is this is the early Christmas present. This is the greatest thing to occur in pro wrestling this year, maybe in the last decade. You know what I'm saying? That's when the little the gears start to uh, slow down on that keyboard too. You ain't gotta you ain't gotta pound it. You ain't gotta, <laughs> I, I forgot the mic I'm using right now picks it up pretty easy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Literally, and if you had put the young bucks. Mm-hmm. Right, it it wouldn't have mattered to me, because hey, again, I, my so I think my brain knew what was coming, mm-hmm. but it just took my my the gears to to start to spin faster, because again, you know I'm a big I'm a big Omega fan, right? Been there for years. I, I you know I, I've I've been touting him for years. I've been on the bandwagon for years, and here he is, right? Mm-hmm. AEW World Champion. So, boom, that, that, to me, that throws, I guess it throws my mind for a loop. Right. I'm still celebrating that he's won as he's moving through. Now, well, what I maybe would have liked to have seen Callis push Tony. Ooh. Just, like, literally, like, push him off the, off the screen. Or push him out of the way, like, nudge past him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could have yeah. seen that. That would have been great, but again, that, that section in the middle where all the wrestlers are there screaming, I don't need it. Don't do it. Don't, if you, if, I, I think it took away from what was going on and then uh, added some more, uh, um, not drama, but added some elements that we didn't need. That th- we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah, I felt like uh, personnel-wise, Tony, Marvez... Maybe, like I said, a scattered cast member. So maybe the Bucks or maybe Adam Page. Somebody, right? But yeah. all of but, them, just as like, I agree with you. I think that's too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, maybe somebody to high-five them. Or, yeah. or have, even have Kenny, you know, when they go to high-five them, have Kenny push them. Or what if it would have been Nakazawa? Since he and you know he and Kenny are a really close in in real life, and he just nudges past him like that, have been like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. But maybe that would have made it too obvious. Maybe that would have. Well, you know, I, I honestly listen. If I didn't see that coming, even though I knew it was coming mm-hmm. and called for it to happen, because um, honestly, if you think about it, when did you actually think that was going to happen? So, because when like, did it dawn on you that we are now witnessing? So, like, like I said initially, when we first started talking about Omega and, and uh, um, Moxley, I said that I didn't think it was as much of a screw job as everybody touted it to be. So we get to the the limo, the running Bronco, whatever, and I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, where are they going? And then Marvez says Tuesday. But Dynamite's on Wednesdays. And I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch, you got me. Right. 
But you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. I'll it was... leave money the rest of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the viewership had no clue what was going right, on. Right. Right. Until until right then. And social media was all a flu- all a buzz, all a flutter. Well, Rob Rob is back with us. Rob you've got to the end of Omega and Moxley and Moxley's get excuse me, Omega and Callis are getting in the Bronco to run off. What were your thoughts when this all unfolds? I didn't think that one, I didn't think that I was I was I was expecting kind of like Omega would take it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think it would happen. Does that make sense? Like you kind of knew, but you weren't sure. Well, I thought that this is what I wanted to happen, but I didn't think they would do it at the first meeting between the two. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, just the way they played it up and they they ended it. It's just one. It ended good, I thought, and it gave Moxley a clean. You know, now there's a reason for him to come back to the chase after he's done doing what he's doing. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, and then you add a little bit more to it as Callis says, "We'll see you Tuesday on Impact when me and Kenny tell you all about it." I mean, did your brain explode? Because I know mine did. Oh yeah, I mean, I was like, "Oh what." Like, we got a true cross-promotion thing happening. Like, that, to me, is cool. I mean, it helps. It does nothing but help both brands, really. Like, mm-hmm. um, more impact, I think, than AEW. You know? It's kind of like when you would see the WWE star show up on ECW. Right, right. You know, like, what, what? Well, and, and let's let's talk about that impact for a minute. You, you, go ahead and finish up your thought, but I do want us to talk about the impact it had for. Quote, no, quote, that's impact. what I, I was done. Okay, so let's talk about it. So impact is Tuesday, right? So we don't get a long wait. We get a few days, right, to go. What the hell are they going to do? Impact airs live on Twitch and on Access TV every Tuesday. Excuse me, they don't always air live, but they do tape their broadcasts. We get a tease at the beginning of Impact. And let me just tell you, trying to find Impact on anything but Twitch is ridiculous and difficult. (laughs) I get Twitch on my TV, which was a nightmare in and of itself. And and my wife and I were sitting there. She's like, well, I want to see what Kenny Omega says. She watches predominantly WWE. She's a huge Shayna fan. But when we watch Dynamite... And Omega and Callis hop in the truck. She's like, what the hell just happened? So now she's involved, right? She wants to see it. And and that's a good indication of what a, a typical WWE fan is thinking, in my opinion. Because a typical WWE fan that's tuning into Dynamite, because you know that they're watching it most times, are probably like, eh, okay, some is for me, some is not. Now this happens, you're like, wait, what? Just like Rob said, what the hell? We get to Tuesday. Twitch's numbers for Impact is usually about 10,000 to 25,000 viewers concurrently throughout the show. The numbers for Twitch for the episode of Impact where Kenny Omega and Don Callis appear, 56,000. Now, for us, working with like UCW, if we get 1,000, we're pretty happy, right? 10,000 
10,000 for Impact right now is minuscule compared to a television audience. 56,000, still minuscule to a TV audience, but now you've got exponentially more people talking about your product. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. And and they did it right. I Impact could have done a little better with the matches they put on. They weren't awful, but they could have been a little better. But they were smart. They made this their main event segment. You have to watch the entire show to get to Kenny Omega. Well, because it's just like, you know, I compare it to the way music used to be, you know? Like, when you got a cassette tape mm-hmm. and they put their biggest hit as the first song on the cassette tape, how often did you listen to the rest of the cassette tape? You didn't. You rewinded it and started it again. Right. So if you've got the hottest thing in professional wrestling, right? You've got Kenny Omega, fresh. I mean, heck, his nameplates probably weren't even done yet. But now he's on this show. It would be dumb to put him on at the beginning or in the middle. But you keep teasing him the whole time because yep. just like, just like in the Monday Night Wars, they kept teasing, right? And mm-hmm. we kept doing what? Kept watching. You kept tuning in. You're like, oh my god, what? It's gonna happen now? No, it didn't. Dang it! All right, it's gonna happen next time. Right, right. So you don't want to tune out. You don't want to change the channel. You don't want to move because something could happen. Well, we get all these teases throughout the night. By the way, one thing I wanted to point out, Madison Rain is a tremendous broadcaster. I could care less what Josh Matthews does. Madison Rain is tremendous. I was really impressed by her. And she has gotten better since getting on this broadcast team for Impact. Um what I really liked before we get into the Kenny segment, because really that's the news, right? Was Rich Swan being not allowed to go back towards the bus because he wasn't on the list. Now, this is a huge piece of... Wait, I missed that. So, here, okay, well then let me run it down for you. This is a huge piece of what happened on Impact. So the entire night they're teasing to go to the bus. Josh Matthews is going to go to the bus and talk to Callis right. and Omega. Well, it's time for the interview. It's the segment where Rich Swan has just won his tag match. He's leaving the arena. He lost that match. Oh, I'm sorry. He lost that match. Thank you, honey. So he's leaving the arena. He has to go past the bus to get to his car. Well, there's a a, a personnel rep at the back of the uh, building that says, I'm sorry, you can't go out there. You're not on the list. Rich Swan's like, what are you talking about? I'm the Impact World Champion. Of course I'm on the list. I got to go out there. No, sir, you're not on the list. Josh Matthews hurries past him. He goes, I'm sorry, sir, who are you? He says, Josh Matthews, I'm here to interview Kenny Omega and Doug House. Oh, you can go ahead, Mr. Matthews. So the Impact World Champion gets slighted by Kenny Omega. Then we get to the interview segment. So... This is huge because we're only at this point, we're still so early in this partnership or this this crossover. We don't really know everything yet. But now we've gotten a good glimpse that this isn't a one-shot. This isn't a one-off. Because now you've implicated Rich Swan and Kenny Omega to intersect at some point. Right. And the coolest part of it is when Kenny Omega is talking, which was limited 
Don Callis did most of the talking during the interview. But Kenny Omega, funny Rob mentions it, the nameplate. You know what I just happened to get is the nameplate. We can finally take off John Moxley's name and put mine on there. So they do that during Impact. Omega talks about how, oh yeah, I understand that Rich Swan's a great champion. He's a great guy. You know, talking about how he wants to collect more titles and he wants to win more championships. So now suddenly it's Omega wants to win the Impact World Championship? Like, right, right. We haven't seen anything. Another good point, Rob. Roger Damas bringing it home. Haven't seen anything like this since the Expedition of Gold by the Hardys. And this may actually transcend that as being bigger. If they but, like. I think it probably already... Well, I think it probably will. Mm-hmm. Because you're talking... I mean, he, he's got a AAA title. Right, the Mega um, Championship. Right. And now he's AEW. Um, so I would imagine that he's probably going to net a few more. Andy has somebody to carry him for. <laughs> well, I mean, and what I really liked was Wednesday at the end of Dynamite, we're all like, uh, I don't know. I don't get it. What happened? Me, I'm sitting there going, well, I mean, okay, this is a really cool crossover. But to me, I'm still not thinking screw job, right? Then Don Callis starts to fill in the blanks on Tuesday. Callis tells us about how he's been maneuvering the hands of wrestling history putting Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho together in New Japan, thus creating All Elite Wrestling. And now you see the narrative shift, and and they did a great, great job of telling the story. And it it really set the table, in my opinion, for just limitless possibilities. Oh, I I agree. However, um... I'm kind of a little upset over that first interview. Really? Why is that? Uh, because they didn't really give me much. You know what I'm saying? They teased me. Welcome welcome to the business, kid. <laughs> yeah, they teased me. I like where he called you know, Matthews I'm, a stooge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stanford stooge. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I felt like a fish in the water. Like, mm-hmm. they just... They threw the hook out there right. with no worm on it. And I'm just, uh, you know, I'm like the dork fish, you know. It's, oh, <laughs> oh what's this corn dog doing at the bottom of the ocean? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, I bought it. Uh, I thought it was a good interview, but I didn't like it because they didn't give me, they didn't give me too much information, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Well, I, I want a time. I want a place. I want match. I want, let's let's go. Come on, buddy. Got to be patient. We, let's tell know, Brian when he tells us. You got to wait. Come on. Got to walk before you can run, sir. I know. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Let the candle burn, kid. Let it I burn. Know, <laughs> I know, but I, I mean, again, we've been. For me, the build was six. You know, I just has been building for six months. Let's go. Yeah. So, some of the things it's that... From the guy who's like, all right, we're done with that story. Like, we didn't right. have enough. We didn't have enough. And he's like, all right, we've had enough. Let's go. Right, right. And, and here's the thing. Like, that's the coolest part. 
what I noticed on social media throughout Wednesday Dynamite for Winter is Coming, Tuesday Impact that follows, the amount of positivity versus negativity. Primarily positive for everything I saw. Positivity. I mean, well, the, the, the only negative ones are going to be your bobbleheads, your diehard bobbleheads. And, and for that, Brian, I don't who know. Just, go ahead. Go ahead. Do what, oh, I was going to say, who cannot understand what a historic moment this is? I mean, this has this has the potential, right, to do something that we haven't seen since the mid nineties. Right. To drive the viewership up to three, four million viewers. Mm-hmm. I mean, have done correctly. This has a chance to to push wrestling back to new back to heights we haven't seen in a long time. And this is one of those things where you have to enjoy the ride for one, but you have mm-hmm. to let nature take its course, right? You have to let it unfold. Um, because if you rush, if you skip past a step, you will ruin this. You know, and those fans that are like, I wish they would hurry up or, or, oh no, the one I saw the most, this was the one that was probably prevailing theory from, as Brian puts it, the bobbleheads. These were people that are like, imagine being, you know, second or third best to WWE and having to partner with another company to get clout. Well, first off, that's wrong on a lot of levels. First off, the amount of money that AEW makes and Tony Khan has is right on par with Vince. So let's just throw that right out. Secondly, to think that it's a bad idea to help business overall grow is not only an unsound practice if you have any knowledge of a business, it's also just stupid as a fan. Why would you not want the industry that you love to grow? So as a as a reformed bobblehead. Oh wow. We're really to, going there. Talking okay. to a bobblehead that is now coming out of the light. <laughs> you were there at one time, bro. You were there at one time. Maybe maybe you would have grasped this situation. But there were a lot of them that you you simply didn't grasp, right? It's it, that's why they're bobbleheads. They just cannot, for the life of them, get off of that train. Right? Again, these are the people, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. You could be having an independent show across the street from them. Mm-hmm. You could put five bucks a ticket, and they still wouldn't cross the street to see the show. But you put that drivel on. On, on Monday or Friday night, and not only are they turning it on, but they think it's the best wrestling out there. I mean, it's... I think there's bobbleheads on both sides, actually. True. I mean, there's guys that are like the comic book guy from, you know, The Simpsons, that if AEW puts it on television, it's amazing, but if WWE does the same thing, and it has happened a few times, they're like, ah, WWE is the worst. First off... right. It, okay. Right. You don't have to like them. That's fine. I don't care. I, I, to me, it's about, dude. If this is the business that we're in and the business that we love, dude, let's just have everybody. Just a rising tide raises all ships. So why not? You know, like 
WWE is it, they kick themselves in the balls. We don't have to do it for them. You know what I mean? We we just talked about it earlier about the women's division for WWE. They, they handicap themselves. They're gonna do that, okay? AEW Impact, uh, NWA, and who knows where else this stretches? AAA, right? It could still go there. We don't know. Why not let them do this? Why yeah, not just I, accept it? But I think though the difference though with the two factions of bobbleheads is AEW is at least trying to push forward. Mm-hmm. They are trying to just break the mold. And the WWE is still sports entertainment, which has seen a decline in the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. A straight decline. They're not building their numbers back up. They are losing numbers. AEW is at least trying to entertain the fans. And I, whereas the WWE is on like autopilot. Well, we're the WWE. They're going to watch right. it. Ha, ha, ha. Well, and that's the thing. Like you're, you're going to, hmm, I want to word this right. There's going to be those that will always say one or the other. And I get it. You love what you love, right? To me, and, and this is where probably I, what my biggest struggle was coming from, you know, really being a homer for WWE and then coming to a point where it's like, no, this is everybody, was getting to see it from the perspective of, wait a minute, just because I don't like, like, if I don't like a Young Bucks match, it's not the end of the world. But wait, if I can see it. Don't you dare. <laughs> oh, 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 wait till we get to them versus TH2. Um, but if I don't like a Young Bucks match, it's not the end of the world. But I damn sure better be seeing something that's different and more entertaining when I see FTR out there or when I see um, Cody Rhodes out there or where I see Darby Allen. And that's what they're doing right. For every segment that you don't like on a Dynamite, there's going to be three or four more that you do. Versus WWE where they're just, like I said, we'll keep pounding this horse till it's dead and buried twice kicking themselves in the balls and just making us all go, why? That's what we're seeing. Yeah, because, again, we're going to send one of the most popular athletes we've had in a while back to developmental. Yeah, that's just... (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, so, uh, uh, getting back to the whole speech, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, We can flash forward to the last Wednesday. Mm Mm-hmm. I really got a little bit more upset with it. Oh, really? Yeah, because... <clears throat> Why is that, Brian? It was the same crap they did to me <laughs> on Tuesday. <laughs> and they did... Um, in this situation... Um, hmm, this one actually was kind of annoying because the... This past week's Dynamite overall... Was was just a little bit like disjointed to me, so you get moments that are like yes, and then you're like wait what? And then moments yes, and then wait what? We get to Omega and Callus, and that was done. Um, let me get to it here. I'm just kind of scrolling through. So that was kind of done in the midst of uh, an all night like just we're going fast forward through the whole show kind of thing, where it could have been and probably should have been, a main event segment. 
That's what I felt. Like, it was just positioned poorly. We get, like, the inner circle. They have their ultimatum. We've got, you know, Abaddon is out there. I mean, so so many moments that are happening. I will say having him helicopter in, kind of like Ric Flair. I was like, all right, that's cool. Um, The introductions that Justin Roberts does is now way more over the top than I ever thought it would be. Again, it's it's it, it's funny, but it's also like, wow, this is interesting. But Callus, Callus again does a majority of the talking. Mm-hmm. He is um, now again Tony, telling Tony, "Welcome to the business, kid." You know, like mm-hmm. they're taking stabs. I honestly would have liked to have seen them, and I think Brian has probably come from this point. Take a more solidified stance of Kenny's going anywhere he wants, or Kenny is impact, or you know what I mean. A stance doesn't have to be yeah. the stance I want, but a stance in general. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think we got more of the how far this may reach right. on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But again, there's no he doesn't like name names. Right, right. right. There's no specifics. Yeah, so is he going to show up in the, uh, the NWA, which is now putting shows back up? Mm-hmm. Is he going to, you know, ROH, which is now, I think, starting to put shows back up? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, is he going to show up in Impact, you know? So just just a little breadcrumb, you know? Or does he <laughs> successfully go to all the different shows because they're all taped? Well, and that's... Does he pull a Rick Rude and show up on both? Well, funny you Boy, should mention that. He did that. He, he did. does He does the AAA matchup, and he also shows up backstage during uh, Final Destination? Or Final Resolution, excuse me. Sorry, one's a bad horror movie, one was an impact event. Did they do anything with him at Resident? Yes, yes. What did they do with him? He has a backstage segment with one of the former members of the Bullet Club, with oh, Carl Anderson. Now I'll have to go watch. So now we've got Bullet Club teases. We've got, and it's like, okay. So Kenny retains it, Triple A's Mega Championship matchup at Triple Mania mm-hmm. uh, 28. Um, in this matchup, Michael Nakazawa was in his corner, which was interesting. Um, so we get all of these moments. Oh, you know who else uh, worked uh, quite a bit this past week was Chris Bay from Impact. He was in the Super J Cup as well as challenging Rich Swan for the title. But what we're really seeing right now is, is all of these different pieces, they're, they're, they're puzzle pieces. And we're all just like, come on, just put them together. But it has it is really enjoyable to watch them stretch this out and see just how far, like Brian said, how far does this reach really go? Mm-hmm. Because again, so you know, I don't I I don't think it ends with impact, honestly. So we already know AEW and the NWA have a working relationship mm-hmm. because the NWA women's title is defended on. AEW. Right. So it would only make sense that somewhere along the way, Magnus, or uh, what's he going by now? Is it Magnus? Nick Aldis. Aldis, there we go. Uh, Gets involved, right? I mean, how cool would that be? 
for Aldis to show up on AEW when Kenny's not there one night. Oh, we're talking about defending titles on other shows. Well, I've already defended it on AEW once. Now I'm looking for your champ. He's not even here. He's on, you know, the third-rate show, you know, whatever. You know, and insults impact. Now we got, a, you know, now you really got a three-way going. A little menage a trois. Whoa, whoa, now you just made it weird. Don't make it weird, Brian. Don't make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, this this whole unfolding, this this occurrence of just changing the title over to Kenny Omega, if you had asked us a year ago, all of us have, you know, it's that time of year. We got visions of sugar plums dancing in our heads, right? But nobody would have ever really thought that this was going to actually take place this way. You <laughs> hoped for it, but you never really thought it. Well, no, even when, even when Aldis and Cody wrestled. Right. You yeah. know, you didn't... It, it seemed like a one-off. Yeah. You, 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 didn't, you didn't even dawn on you. Mm-hmm. To me, it didn't really dawn until the NWA, no matter how much I asked for it. Once that NWA women's title made its way over there. Yeah. Then it was like, oh, so there is a relationship. <laughs> they do exist. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we can get a little... Supercard. So, and and now here we are. We are two weeks out. Kenny Omega is the champion. Fans of Kenny Omega got to be happy because he's basically doing the cleaner routine. Although he's, I noticed something. He's not calling himself the cleaner. He's calling himself the collector. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. That kind of indicates maybe he's going to go from place to place. Um. And this is going to be one of those times where I think we're going to look back on it and go, dude, I remember where I was the first time we saw Kenny Omega on Impact. We remember where we were when Rich Swan beat up Kenny Omega backstage at the Dynamite. <laughs> nah, yeah, but see, I don't think that'll happen. I think he's wow. got the Bullet Club. Got quiet on this stuff. <laughs> Rob apparently does not agree. <laughs> I just thought I just knew what you were doing. I'm like, oh, he's going for the jugular on this comment. Why? Because he's got Anderson and Gallows. How would Rich Swan beat him up? Well, here's especially on Impact. If he came to AEW, maybe, but not on Impact. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, if Swan attacks him at at AEW, nobody would see it coming, right? He just shows up. Big wow factor. Kenny Omega shows up on Impact and. Maybe wins the Impact title with the help of the Good Brothers. Now it's mm. a possibility. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there are going to be titles that change hands, but because uh, God, you, there would have to literally be a whole boatload of trust to swap a world title. I mean, I'd love to see Nick Aldis lose it to Kenny Omega. Well, yeah, but again, though, I mean, I don't. I, even if you, Rob, and me were promoters and known each other for as long as we had, and you come to me with this cockamamie scheme, mm-hmm. and it ended with your champion beating my champion for the mm-hmm. title, I'd have told you go talk to Rob. <laughs> <Your> <laughs> champ's not touching my title. <laughs> 
which is the great conundrum from, you know, <laughs> about these things. Well, they can do a 60-minute, you know, Broadway to, you know, and, and you keep your title, I'll keep my title, we'll be done with it. Do a double pin where both titles get vacated. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of tournaments. Tournaments are plenty. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, you know, I do think this, hopefully, again, hopefully. So there's a lot of talk is just going to be a one-off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, only, like, uh, the Good Brothers involved with the one-off, not really even Kenny. But I think the way this talk, that there is something big brewing. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they can iron out the legal works and get this thing done. I think when we start looking at what is what is needed, right? In wrestling, what is needed is a fresh view. Uh, it doesn't have to be brand new, but it's just a fresh view of it, of a new coat of paint. And, you know, this Tuesday, the rumor is Impact's going to be announcing a matchup that Kenny Omega will be um, performing in. They're saying that supposedly this will lead to a champion versus champion showdown between him and Rich Swan. Hey, listen, I don't, I don't blame them. Get your, get your groove on, and let's see if these numbers pop for you this week. I mean, and, if you're teasing Omega, I'll be watching it. And apparently Omega takes on Joey Janela this week on Dynamite. Something tells me there will be well, no. If they if they do it right, then Kenny's going to defend his title against people he has no business even being right. in the ring with. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of like Griff Garrison gets his title. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we 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 talked about like a lot here. There's a lot of different newsworthy pieces. I don't know that we need to do a rundown of this past week's dynamite because honestly. There were parts that I could have done without. Parts well, that were great, but I do think we should touch on Sting now. Yes, so that was that was actually where I was headed. I'm glad you and I are on the same page here. Um, so Sting comes out for the first time on TNT in 19 years, and we get an opportunity to see him really be himself, which was cool. But it doesn't necessarily, and yet again, here we are wondering, like, what the hell? Why don't you just lay it out? Because they leave us with more questions than answers in this segment. Arn Anderson, in typical AA fashion, says, I just wanted to make sure it was really you. Make sure this is real. And then he leaves the ring. Cody welcomes him back. But then Sting is, like, kind of not really being nice to him. Cody's not exactly happy that he's there. What the hell is that all about? Can I just make a prediction? Sure. We have finally met the leader of the Dark Order. Get out of here, Sting. I'm throwing it on the table. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Rob Sting. Sting's the leader of the Dark Order. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Oh, dear God. If you didn't think Sonny Chase had a problem with it before. <laughs> That's just Uno. That's just Uno. 
Christmas is coming. No, I, 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 I kid, I kid. Yeah, Christmas is coming, son. Uh, I kid. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know either. I don't know if he's going to wrestle or manage or general manager or what in the world he's going to do. So we talked earlier about how wrestling fans are drawing parallels, saying, oh, God, why is an old guy coming back? Like WWE complains about Goldberg, but Sting coming back. And this is where I actually take the opposite side and say, no, 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 <laughs> hold on. First off, Sting, if he's healthy enough, can probably perform at a better level than Goldberg could without a question. Secondly, if he's not healthy enough, he won't perform. Period. It just won't happen. Cody, Tony, and everyone else thus far have not given us any reason to think that we'd be forced to watch, like, Sting beat Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. nothing has been indicated for that to happen. Versus on WWE side, where they have literally laid the red carpet out for Goldberg to beat Roman, which would absolutely suck. Yeah, yet again. Yeah. Yet again. Yeah. Uh, just, just no. Just don't bring that complaint here. That's not happening in AEW. I'm sorry. It's just not. Well, you know, I don't, but I don't. I don't know if I actually need him to wrestle. See, he's, I I, I kind of feel so the same. Good. Yeah, yeah, he's still so good on the mic that I may not necessarily need him to wrestle. And I think that's what he's there for. I don't think he's there to wrestle. I think he's there to be kind of like a mentor to some people and. If it's the Dark Order, if it's yet another faction to bring, you know. But I think that's what's going to happen. You're going to see him kind of take some people under their under his wing and kind of show them just the same way they did with Jake Roberts. You know, Jake right. Roberts took that guy under his wing and it was his mouthpiece. And, you know, or maybe they'll just use him like they use the right to center when stuff gets stupid. Thing comes out and hits him with a baseball bat. Right, right. Protected you know, moment. Someone's talking too long in the mic. Boom. Well, and the thing is, with Sting, with a guy like Sting, he is charismatic, of course, and he will draw a crowd. But this is exactly the kind of moment that AEW needs versus what WWE would drop the ball with. Sting is still a recognizable name all this time later, and it shows because AEW draws close to a million viewers on the average for their entire episode of Dynamite from this past week. Clearly something is moving the needle. I wouldn't always I wouldn't pin the entirety of it on Sting, but he's a major part. No, well, but I mean, look at the, so the big, the two biggest stories in the yeah. last two weeks are they come out of AEW, right? One of them has the potential to be a game changer. I think it's already changed the game. I think I Kenny crossing the lines there. <laughs> look at me taking an old TNA gimmick there. Cross the line. Kenny doing that is a pretty big deal. Um, and if yeah, but, if they follow up, it's really going to be the question. Yeah, they have to at least do it, mm-hmm. right? So it's one thing to tease it. Uh, you know, teasing it still does push the needle. But if you capitalize on your momentum, 
that will peg the needle. Mm-hmm. So they got to make sure they at least get champion versus champion or something out of the deal. Mm. What did you think about Tony Khan's ad that was a quote unquote paid advertisement during Impact? Oh, I absolutely loved it. Where Tony's like, you know, I could have held him, could have held him in breach of contract. I could buy this place. That yeah. was that was reminiscent to me of how like Vince used to Vince used to cameo in USWA and be like the pompous, like I'm gonna buy this hick town kind of thing. That was what that kind of said. It was like a reversal of roles. I kind of dug it. Yeah, uh, I thought it was absolutely brilliant uh, because whereas Kenny doesn't take shots and Callis doesn't mm-hmm. really take shots, Tony just, I mean, he just both barrels. <laughs> right, unloads. <laughs> and he just pulls the trigger. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that shotgun goes spiraling out of his hands. Right, right. You know? Um, and then, of course, you know, Shabani. Shabani is priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he, he looks so worn out right now. Because um, I don't even think his hair was brushed. <laughs> during, during well, he... That. I wonder if Tony, if Khan just kind of looked at him and said, just, just go with it. Like if Tony Khan knew what he was going to say and just told Tony just to follow his lead because Shivani was just like kind of sitting there like the, the uncomfortable straight man in a comedy bit. Like he's like, uh, what? (laughs) Which, which was okay. And, and, and Shivani is so useful to AEW that you only stand to benefit by having him involved. Yeah. So now uh, there was a time like back in the day. So, I, you know, I've always been a fan of Tony, mm-hmm. um, you know, watching the NWA Crocker promotions, you know, he was there, but there was a time where he kind of lost it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah especially towards the latter part of WCW. Mm-hmm. And, like he really lost it. He wasn't as good as what he once was. He was worn out. He, I think the business had beat him up. Yeah, and now I would I would go on the record to say Tony is one of the best ever in oh, his yeah. AEW run. Yes, he has a, a purity to him that maybe Mauro Ranallo is the only other guy that had. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't realize he could be this funny. <laughs> yeah, that he, but with Tony, his reactions come off genuine, kind of like Excalibur. I uh-huh. will say this, and this is something that honestly is just a matter of time, I think. But Tony Schiavone and Excalibur work wonderfully together. Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and Taz, or Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and Jericho work wonderfully together i i i know i've said this a few times jim ross is just it's at that point where what he's saying the relevance of what he says isn't as heavy or relevant or prevalent as it used to be well i think he's probably just got a different type of um guy to feed off of Mm -hmm. you know whereas you had lawler and they were 
spot on. They were, you know, perfect together. Yeah. Whereas now, again, we're not looking at him and Tony have been together, you know, for five years. They've mm-hmm. been together for a year, and they're only doing one show a week. And, um, you know, he's, he's behind the eight ball. Is he... He, he doesn't get fed, you know, the stuff Lawler would feed him. Right, right. You know, Which so is... those, they were comedy gold. Mm-hmm. They were a comedy duo, but they would be able to call a match. Whereas uh, Excalibur, he's more concerned with, you know, giving one of many names to a move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Tony is just kind of, you know, he plays that straight guy, and there's, there's no joking out of him. So I I just don't think it's the right environment, but I do think he brings something to the table. Oh, sure. I mean, it, I, I would never go so far as to say that Jim Ross just doesn't bring anything. I think the problem you run into is you have, and if you really examine the roles, you have three potential alpha roles all sitting at the same table. You got Excalibur, who is move for move. And when you're calling, from experience I can tell you, when you're going move for move and calling a match, if you're not careful, you overshadow your partners. Not on purpose, you're just, you're in it, and you're not listening. Then if you're Tony Schiavone, and you're basing off of just simply like crowd reaction and emotional feel, again... You can overpower your partners because now the focus is on emotion and not on the match and not on, you know, what's happening in front of you. Then if you're Jim Ross, now people are listening for a different type of alpha mentality, the old school perspective. So it's it's three very dominant presence presences. Is that a word? <laughs> three very dominant feels to to broadcasting. Three very different perspectives. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I thought I thought uh, I wasn't sure if Rob was going to hop in there and that, but I mean, we've done we've done commentary with three people, and yeah, that is definitely not the easiest thing to do. No, no, it's not. It's definitely not. I mean, it takes a lot of because we've changed how we did it from the very beginning to to now. We've changed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure that uh, once we get up and running again, it'll probably change again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll evolve, I guess. Nah, you know, we're in a well oil machine. We don't need it, but it's going to be fine. <laughs> Who needs rehearsals? <laughs> Pshaw. <laughs> so, we're a contract. We don't do rehearsals. <laughs> Whoa, I don't play defense. All right, so, hey, continuing through as far as news, a couple of different pieces. We are uh, looking at, apparently Jim Ross was very, very upset on his last podcast talking about how the DDT and the super kick should be finishers. Not, uh, as some call it, double down moves or high spots. Apparently this didn't sit well with some talent. And some people have said by publicly burying their business in a public forum like his podcast, like his show, that they're less likely to listen to him. 
Well, the, I mean, the ultimate problem is when you give people a voice and they voice their opinion, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's their opinion. Right. Right. I mean, I think we've all said that before, though, mm-hmm. about finishers. Well, I think you get to a point where, you know, like Brock Lesnar's F5 should be the, the end of it. Right. You didn't need to deliver 14 of them in a match. Agreed. You know, like, you know, for years, Shawn Michaels ended the match with that kick. Dick Roberts ended it with a DDT. Hell, Ted DiBiase did it with a sleeper. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I feel like there's a certain point of showmanship at this point that is not necessarily demeaning it or whatever it's just there's a, there's a showmanship that, that is expected from part of the fan base that then goes against the um the the uh it goes against the the pedigree shall we say you mm-hmm. know not to be a pun or nothing but just I mean, there was always that clear finish. When that move got hit, all right, we're done. Right. And then when somebody kicked out, you're like, oh, my God. You know? Not here Kenny Omega hits the guy with his finisher. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, he kicks out. But he kicks out at two. Oh, now he kicks at two and a half. Oh, now he kicks out at two and three quarters. You know? Yeah, that's been that's been something that weighs on my mind. You don't need to have forty near falls in a match if you're telling a story and telling it right. Like Brian and I have talked about this before. When it comes to the V trigger, for example, for Kenny, it's his it's a signature, but it's his lead in to the one winged angel. Does he need to do six of them in a match? I don't know. I don't think so. But when he does deliver it, it does knock the piss out of the person he's doing it to. When we saw it done by uh, Seth Rollins, when he called it, I don't remember what he called it, it was different. It was different, and then like, then we see it now with uh, Buddy Murphy, who does it. Now you've got all these people doing it. The super right. kick, when Shawn Michaels first started doing it, you had what, maybe three people that did it? If that. You had Chris Adams, you had Shawn Michaels, you had Marty Jannetty, and that's kind of it. Chris with, Adams did oh, the yeah. super kick. Yeah, did, yeah, he did. He did. That I was, remember. That I remember the finish. heart punch, but yeah. I remember the heart punch. The outlawed heart punch. Yeah, right. The outlawed heart punch. The pile driver. <laughs> you can remember a time where Jerry Lawler, Paul Orndorff, Harley Race, and that's who stands out. doing the Oh, Terry Funk, of course, doing the pile driver. When that was delivered, that was it. Jake Roberts, DDT, that was it. Big Van Vader, when the power bomb was hit, it was hit once. You were done. But as yeah, as, you gotta yell, slow down, calm down. Am I yelling? Breathe, breathe. I gotta breathe. Okay, got it. Ten four. Listen. You get all worked up. <laughs> I get heated. I get hot, man. <laughs> well, I, I think it goes back to the like Brian said at the beginning. Jim Ross was on his podcast. He's allowed to say what he wants on his show. If you don't like it, don't listen. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to, if you don't agree, you know, like if you don't like it, 
okay, boo-hoo, go somewhere else. Um, but for, you know, to sit there and be like, oh, he's doing the business in, um, the man's done more for the business than most of the people that are complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but uh... it goes back to... I, it goes back to the argument I've always said is like, you know, Ric Flair said back in the day that he had a set match. It was the same match every night. You know, he would hit his high spots. He'd let the other guy hit his spots, and then it would end the way it would end. And then, you know, now you get to these matches where it's like every once in a while, somebody would go outside, you know, Somebody would go outside. Well, now, every week, everybody's going outside. Everybody's doing the flip off the ropes. Everybody's doing from the, the ride from one side of the ring to the other, over the ropes and into the just-happened-to-be crowd of people at the bottom of the ring. You know, like, um, it's just everybody's expecting it, and everybody that's what they're doing. So, like, oh, my God. And it's just, you know, it's the big moves aren't as, like, oh, wow, there it is anymore. It's kind of like. All right, we saw it. All right, next. Right, right. In my opinion. Yeah, but so uh, that's the evolution, right? So we've gone, remember, back in the last century, early part of last century, you could get a headlock put on you for 45 minutes. And it would be the greatest move ever. Right? Y'all still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm, oh, I'm, okay. I'm letting you go. I mean, letting you run with it. There are, there are reports of matches that somebody would sit in a headlock. Literally mm-hmm. a half an hour. Or the uh, Greco-Roman Roman, uh, knuckle lock or whatever. Test yeah, yes. <laughs> and these matches, I mean, there was, this would be a... An hour and a half, two-hour match. And it would be a headlock for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the crowd ate it up, right? Then you had the somebody come along and say, well, let me introduce this move. And let me introduce this move. And the crowd ate it up. And we, we moved forward. Now, not to the extent it's done today, but back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, they were doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is not nothing new. This isn't what they invented. What this is, is that group of kids from the 90s who learned in their backyards who weren't going to get a shot at nothing. Well, they started to grow up. They started to get trained. They started to move up through the indie scenes and get recognized and they're picked now they're picked up by companies this is what they grew up on this is how they learned this is how they cut their teeth this is how they got recognized mm-hmm. it, the, it's the evolution right wait till the next the next crop comes through you know the 14 year old that's watching this stuff take place now that's going to go to wrestling school one day. And in 10 years, the, it'll evolve. I mean, I understand that, you know, it doesn't need to happen every match, and I agree. Mm-hmm. But 
it's an evolution. And it's evolution because when they were on the indie scene, it worked. For some of these guys, like the Young Bucks, the Hardys, AJ Styles, you know, some of these guys, when they were coming up and they were too small to be recognized and put on TV, the only way to get over was to be over the top. <laughs> so then you had, you had people watch. People learn that's what I'm going to do because the crowd loves them. And they're just, it, it, you know, it's, it's not two people doing it. It's now 10 people doing it. And in five, 10 years, it'll be 50 people doing it. It's it. I mean, it's the evolution. So, so here's, here's how we'll close out this segment and then we'll close up the shop here. So uh, Jim Ross says, I told a kid the other day at AEW that everybody does the same effing spot. All you guys go outside, you cluster up like coils, you stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together, side by side, so you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins with this move. The response to this is indirect but direct. It comes from Brandon Cutler. This Wednesday on Dynamite, 7 vs. 7. We're going to go outside, cluster up like coils, stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together, side by side to catch some leaping idiot going over the top. Can't wait. 8 p.m. TNT. (laughs) Brian just described it really well. I think that is a great explanation and, and, and example. You got guys that are just in a different time, in a different frame of the industry that just look at the business through a different lens. Yeah, but, however, Ross does have a point because I think all three of us at one time or another have talked about that spot. Oh, we hate it. How, we all hate yeah, it. How, oh, yeah. it how, how stupid it is. It's, it's right up there with uh, the Rob, the Hefner rule for ladder yeah. matches and battle royals. It's, it's right up there. If we see another damn Tower of Doom move <laughs> from the top rope during a tag match. Yeah, I, I mean, it... it top rope during you know the battle royal hello yeah right knock him off the top idiot (laughs) yeah uh, you know again i'm not gonna sit here and be the biggest proponent because there is stupid spots like that yeah one one time a month might be okay at a paper one time a show yeah big moment yeah, it's, it's, it's not really cutting it. Like pay-per-views, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like m- matches that involve a whole lot of people that are going to be around. Oh, wait a minute. Like a false count anywhere or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. But, oh, hey, look, we we just happen to have eight people in this match, so let's all go get involved. We all get <laughs> to do our finisher. We all get to do the match that the, the, the moves we're known for. Right. And no one sells. We're going to get our shit in, damn it. We're going to get our shit in. (laughs) Excuse me. I am required by my contract to get six super kicks in the match. And a Canadian destroyer. I only have four. (laughs) Somebody needs to make a a 12 Days of Christmas with wrestling spots. (laughs) Yep. So, hey. 12 idiots sitting huddled. And a Canadian destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve people huddled. One idiot flying. 
<laughs> All right, we've got to get to work on these lyrics. Fine, fine, fine. So, first and foremost, hey, um, it has been a great, uh, great bit of two weeks, man. As wrestling news is unfolding all around us. It's an exciting time to be a fan. This coming Wednesday, we just heard it from Brandon Cutler, a seven-on-seven tag match. Brandon and his friends against the Inner Circle. We've got uh, Kenny Omega showing up Tuesday night on Impact. Um, something's going to happen tomorrow night on Raw. I got no idea, but it looks like we've at least got a matchup uh, between AJ Styles and Sheamus. Could be interesting. Um, I will say this. I'm looking forward to Drew, Drew versus uh, AJ Styles at TLC. That could be a good one. Um, over on Impact, I mean, Rich Swan is doing well as world champion. It's a great time to be a fan is really the bottom line. And, you know, hey, I guess maybe, and some, some of the bobbleheads will get mad, I guess we really do owe it to Kenny Omega. Oh, my God. Can, hey, what's Cornette's take on all this? As, as, oh, as, Jesus. As, I'm as, not ready. As, as, as is uh, <laughs> the little brain exploder jet? Or, oh, man. Because I, I haven't seen... So I, I don't know if he how he's taken this cross promotion thing. I'm sure that he has an opinion, and I'm sure sooner than later <laughs> he'll be on Twitter with it, and we will all talk about it and laugh about it. Uh, okay, so let's do a calendar rundown and just send this on home. Now next weekend, of course, is the 19th and 20th, right? So we'll be mm-hmm. back here on the 20th. The following weekend is Christmas weekend. Obviously, uh, that's going to be a challenging weekend. We all got different families in. But we're going to try our best. The 27th, though, I mean, it's two days after Christmas. Yeah, it's two days after Christmas. Get it together. Maybe we can pull that off. Uh, So we are back on our regular rotation. Again, you can find us through c2cradioshow.com and newattitudemedia.com. Uh, Chat rooms are live, and typically if you leave a message in there, we'll respond back to you. Hit us up on Facebook, at Twitter, uh, and Instagram, all sorts of different spots. Rob, where do they catch you on social media? Because I could have swore I got tagged by you on Twitter. Huh? You tagged me in a tweet on Twitter. Do you realize you're back on Twitter? Snuck back in, Brian. (laughs) Hmm. Rob Hefner, C2C, Rob Hefner, Rob Hefner, C2C on Twitter, Rob Hefner on Facebook, Rob, uh, on Instagram. <laughs> he got all three, all three. Brian, of course, is at STR. Well, I don't have you trained like he does. So. I know, but what? Dance, monkey, dance. Uh, give me a banana. You can catch up with Brian over at STRCP21 on the Twitter bot. He is on Facebook at Brian Taylor and... Uh, I still don't know his freaking uh, Instagram, but all he does is post pictures of Star Wars. It's, you know. I know. I don't even, I can't tell you the last time I even hit a picture on Instagram. I know I have you on there, but I don't think you've really ever posted a picture. If we're being honest. Well, it's fun because you can tag him in those things like, hey, tag a friend, get a chance to win this, and you know he's not going to, like, get mad. Right, right. He he doesn't realize we've invited him all these crazy groups. Yeah. So you can catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, c2cradioshow.com. 
Uh, follow me at, at Stan Grubb pretty well everywhere. It's all the same. And we will see you next week for the official rundown of Dynamite and Impact. And, uh, hey, we might even... TLC, is that this coming weekend? No, it's December 20. Yeah? Damn. So TLC will be uh, going and finishing while we're on the air, so we'll provide to you results. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. And go Washington. (laughs) The Washington football team. Who, uh... Yes. Pretty solid victory this past weekend. And that's how we'll close this out. Have a great week, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.